Big O' Tires is rolling out Black Friday deals now through December 8th. Get limited-time Black Friday savings on oil changes, brakes, car batteries, and more. Plus, save up to $190 on select Michelin and BF Goodrich tires when you use your Big O' Tires card. With no interest financing for 12 full months OAC. Don't miss Black Friday deals happening now through December 8th, only at Big O' Tires. For your nearest participating location, go to BigOtires.com. We took our show on the road Tuesday with a trip to Big O Tires in Wichita to record Facebook Live, now presented as the Sportsbeat KC podcast. And we did some shuffling with the cast. Joining us was Taylor Eldridge from the Wichita Eagle. He covers Wichita State and the Wichita sports scene, and we leaned on him for our Wichita knowledge. He joins regulars Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, and myself, Blair Kirkhoff. And of course, we talk Chiefs and their game on Sunday against the Oakland Raiders in a game for first place in the AFC West. We also talk Turkey, that is Thanksgiving. We talk some high school football and some college basketball. Thanks to producer Leah Becerra for producing today's episode, and links to the stories can be found on KansasCity.com. Taylor's work appears on Kansas.com, and Chiefs coverage is also available on the Red Zone Extra app. We'll be back on Wednesday with another edition of Sports BKC, where we talk sports in Kansas City on a daily basis. We have taken our show on the road, but we're on the road every week, right? Usually in a different part of Kansas City. You're not, actually, usually you are not on the road. <laughs> and, and it crosses state lines, too, either in Kansas or Missouri. That's right. No, but we are really on the road. We're so on the road today, everybody had to set the alarm clock to, to get here. We're in Wichita, Kansas, at Big O Tires at 605 South Pause West Street. Not Southwest Street. South Pause West Street in Wichita, near the airport. Let's, uh, we're here to talk Chiefs. We're here to talk Chiefs with you. Send us your questions and your comments, and we'll get to as many of them as we can. We're gonna talk about some other things today, too, including Wichita, Wichita State, Thanksgiving. We got a lot of topics to cover here on the Thanksgiving edition of Red Zone Extra. Without further ado, let's introduce the, uh, the esteemed panelists today, because we have some new blood here. But first, the old guys, far right, Herbie T.O.P. Say hi, Herbie. Hello, old guys, huh? Yep, old okay. guys. All right. Sam McDowell is here. We missed you last week in Lee Summit, Sam. I heard. Yep, that was your home your That was home my turn. hometown. I was actually pretty pleased, though, that Herbie gave me a shout-out on the famous people from Lee Summit, because you guys <laughs> failed to mention me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. And we are uh, grateful to have Taylor Eldridge, who covers the Wichita State Shockers and the Wichita sports scene for the Wichita Eagle, part of the McClatchy family. Taylor, welcome. Glad yeah. to have you here. Yeah, man. thanks so much for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, this will be good. And, and um, you know, look, you've been following the Chiefs your, your whole life. You're from here. I am. I'm not like a huge Chiefs fan, but I play, I play fantasy football, so this is where all my knowledge is coming from. <laughs> which, which makes it greater than most people's knowledge of the Chiefs. And I think we'll find out it's probably greater than the combined knowledge of the Chiefs of any of us. Wow. So. <laughs> all right, so Chiefs, Raiders, Sunday. Man, when this game started or when this game was scheduled and, and going after the Monday night game where the, the, the Chiefs defeated the Chargers, we looked at this as a showdown for the AFC West lead, and technically it still is. 
but it looks different now after the results last Sunday. Herbie, lead us off. Uh, Raiders just look terrible on Sunday. A, a, a truly disappointing loss to the New York Jets, 34-3. They had an opportunity to go to 7-4 and four and enter this Sunday's game against the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium with identical records. Now, obviously, even with the identical records, the Chiefs would still hold the lead because they defeated them in Week 2. But I don't think this game has lost that much luster because they're only a game back. So even if you win that game, you set up a huge month of December with five games left, four games left. And for the Chiefs, three of those five games come against divisional opponents. You still have the Raiders, you still have the Broncos, and then you have the season finale against the Chargers. So it's going to be up to these two teams to take care of business. All and the, the Arrowheads, too, right? All the division Correct. opponents are, are, are Arrowhead. But... But the way that the Raiders lost, Sam, wouldn't that, uh, that, that does take maybe a little bit off this, a uh, little bit off the I think it puts moment. a lot more pressure on the Chiefs because what we had thought would be a hot team coming into town and, um, you know, the Raiders were a highly respected team more so than at the start of the season. And now I think all the pressure is on the, on the Chiefs to win this game with what you saw. I mean, you can't win a game going to New York. And I, I recognize that you're traveling across three time zones playing on the East Coast, and there's an extra element there that won't be in Kansas City. And certainly John Gruden's going to have a team fired up to play in Kansas City. But to me, what based on what you saw a couple days ago, you're looking and, and saying the Chiefs have to win this game now. I think there is some pressure. There's more pressure on the Chiefs to win this game. But as Herbie and I were talking about on the way down here today, look, with the game lead on on the Raiders, the Chiefs. Let's say the Chiefs win, and I haven't seen the line yet. I always look to you, Sam, for the line. I actually have not seen the line yet. Well, for, we will. For that uh, game. We will uh, we'll work that out as, as we go. I would think so. It's we'll, ten. Yeah. Okay. Ten point favorite. That's pretty healthy. Yeah, that is healthy. It's the biggest line of the week. Wow, that's that's significant. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm a I'm a Sam Darnold truther. He's on my fantasy team, so I was not surprised that they beat down the Raiders. How bad is that team? It's a, a two-quarterback dynasty league, okay. so there's the context. But I've been on Sam Darnold this whole year. So, um, yeah, just from my experiences, I have a, a lot of Chargers players. They are so frustrating to watch. The Raiders are struggling. The Broncos are struggling. I think the, the AFC West is not looking too great outside of obviously Kansas City now uh, with Mahomes back. So I think 10, 10 points, that sounds about right. I would, I would take the, the Chiefs to cover that um, after watching what they, like you said, what kind of the, the performance they had last week against the Jets. You know, I, I know I love Sam Darnold, but he shouldn't probably, when you lose 31 points to, to the Jets, that's not a good sign. <laughs> and yeah. Carr was yanked in that game. Yeah. I pulled him out of the game. Yeah, in the third quarter after he threw the pick six, which was a great athletic play, by the way. I forgot who the Jet was who did that, but a one-handed interception that he t tapped to himself. It was a great play. I think he was just trying to – He Gruden knew the game was lost at that point. Yeah, wanted to get him out too. of there. Yeah. Cold weather, cold weather. I think Gruden at that point was coaching for this week. I think he was too. So, yeah, don't get him hurt. Yeah. Yep. Don't get him hurt. And so, look, uh, Chiefs and Char or Chiefs and Raiders. Uh, this is round two for for the for the teams this year. They they met in week two, and it was an amazing quarter for the Chiefs. Amazing quarter. In fact, I I don't know if a quarterback has ever had a better quarter than Patrick <laughs> Mahomes had in the second quarter of that game in Oakland. Chiefs were down ten nothing in that game, and at halftime they were up twenty eight to ten. What do you remember about that quarter, Sam? I mean, they, they only scored in the, in the one quarter. That was um, it, right? I actually had just come back after the press box. So I spent that first quarter in the black hole right. in, in Oakland, uh, which was a, actually a pretty cool experience. But uh, 
it was it was just bizarre because that that 15 game time minutes I was in the black hole. It was all Raiders. I get back up and it's just like, well, what happened to this this game? Um, but the receiver, his receivers made some plays too. I mean, Demarcus Robinson made a couple plays. Uh, they they started taking advantage of the deep ball. McCole Hardman. That was sort of our first glimpse of his speed. Yeah. Um, and more so than the than the breakaway speed, I thought his burst to get past the safety on, on that deep ball. Um, so those are probably the, the two things that, that that stick out the most to me from that quarter. What? Um, uh, and yet the Raiders. I can't, the Raiders lost their opener, right? So they were 0-2 after that. No, game. they beat the, the Chargers. They beat uh, Denver. At oh, Denver. Monday that, that's night. right. That, that's right. Because yeah. that's right. Because the Raiders came into that game with a little bit of swag. I, I remember sure. that. Um, but they're six and five now. Aren't the Raiders ahead of where we thought they might? Taylor, do, the Raiders aren't they a little bit ahead of where we thought they might be in the preseason? Uh, I mean, if you watch Hard Knocks, then yeah. this is about what they thought they would be. But yeah, it is a little surprising, but. I think it just goes back to AFC West. You know, someone else has to win, you know, uh, with the Chargers being such a disappointment this year. Man, Phil Rivers, he's he's on his last legs. He's so frustrating to watch. Uh, I have Austin Eckler on my team, so Phil's throw throw more to him. They need to use that guy more. But he's, I mean, some team, some second team in the AFC West has to step up a little bit. So I think that's just kind of a result of that. And um, but I think they are probably ahead of, of where a lot of people gave them credit for, you know, with John Gruden and uh, just the way they look coming into the season. I thought um, not very many people were, were very high on them. So I guess they have been, I guess, the, the surprise team in the division. Look, uh, we're, we're going to get into this, Andy Reid against the AFC West. We always talk about it when the Chiefs prepare to play an AFC West team. Uh, Herbie, you looked it up. Is it 24-3 is it since, since 2005? I think it's since the 05 season, or 15, 15 I'm not 05, yeah. 15, yeah. Um, because uh, they they started with a loss to the Broncos that year at Arrowhead and then beat the Broncos in the Peyton Manning four-interception game, which turned out to be the Broncos' Super Bowl-winning season. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, you, can you make a case that the Chiefs have already kind of wrecked the Chargers' season with the Mexico City win and then wrecked the Broncos' season with the Thursday night win? Because the Broncos were feeling pretty good about themselves coming into that game. And they can kind of do the same to the Raiders on Sunday. They absolutely can. And, and this is also an opportunity for Andy Reid to sweep the Raiders for a second consecutive year. And, and going back to your, your earlier point, are, are the Raiders ahead of where we thought they were? And I think that the answer to that is an emphatic yes. Over the past two seasons, Khalil Mack, gone. The Antonio Brown debacle. You know, anything like that for, for a lot of teams is enough to bring them down. But the fact that they are contending right now says a lot about what John Gruden is doing over there. They, they, were disapp- they had that embarrassing loss against the Jets, but before that game, they had won three straight games against some pretty good teams there. So they are ahead of where they were, but Reed's record against the AFC West is the ultimate trump card. What he does against those teams, how he prepares the Chiefs to play the AFC West, because a lot of the players and most teams, their mantra is win the division. And Andy Reed certainly has the Chiefs in position to do that for, what, a fourth straight year yeah. to win the AFC West. The biggest thing is, I mean, Oakland has a very easy schedule. It reminds me of when the Chiefs made the playoffs under Matt, Matt Castle and to where they, they took advantage of having a, a last-place schedule. The Raiders come in with a weak schedule this year, and this is really the only tough game remaining. They're in a four-way tie right now. I mean, obviously they're one game behind the division, but even outside the division, they're in a four-way tie for the last playoff spot in the AFC. Right. 
And so if they win this game, they're in the driver's seat to make the playoffs this year. And I don't think any of us thought going into this year the Raiders were a playoff team. Well, I, I didn't think so. I, would, I wouldn't put them in the driver's seat, although the, the Chiefs have to play at New England the following week. I, no, I mean, I mean, I think they're in the driver's seat to make the playoffs. You're talking about as a wild as card. A wild as card. a wild card. Over, over, the, over the Bills, Steelers, and Colts. The, the, Bills, all have, the Bills are 8-3, but the Steelers, Colts, Raiders. They're all 6-5. and five. They're all 6-5. and five. Uh, right The now. Titans, Rantan. Yeah, the yeah, Titans. Those, yeah. those four teams are 6-5. and five, But when you look at the way the schedules play out in the back end, if the Raiders can get this game in Kansas, Kansas City, there's not a lot of uh, teams lining up on the back end of that schedule that could probably scare you if you're the Raiders. How about a uh, how about a Raiders Chiefs uh, wild card round Opener, yeah. playoff game? <laughs> yeah, it could happen. It could happen. Yeah, way back in the day, I think it was '91. They played the final game of the regular season, and then six days later, they played in the the playoff game at Arrowhead, the Todd Marinovich playoff game okay. at, at Arrowhead. So, uh, well, speaking of the Raiders and and why they're why they're six and five and been up and down. Um, we kind of laughed at their draft when they had it. Remember Cleveland, uh, 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 the, the Clemson uh, lineman? Um, yeah, Pharrell. Yeah, Pharrell. Colin Pharrell. Uh, Colin, I'm sorry, here I am uh, watching the name. But Max Crosby, uh, Jacobs, the running back. Josh Jacobs. Josh yeah. Jacobs. They, yeah. they, they did pretty well. As it turns out, after 11 weeks, I mean, you look at their draft, they, they got some guys. And the future's kind of looking pretty bright for them. If you believe in Derek Carr as their yeah. quarterback, and they lost forward. their first round pick too in the opener against against Denver. Yeah, and he, uh, what's the safety's name? But he he was playing lights out in that game, and and he ended up playing with a significant injury the last couple quarter quarter and a half, I think it was. I, I think a lot of people sort of criticized the Raiders this year because of what they saw last year just was a complete flop. And Four and 12. This, this year they bring in Mike Mayock, and I think their draft was a lot better than, than people gave him credit for. I mean, you mentioned Crosby. I mean, he had, what, four sacks two weeks ago in yep. that game? So, yep. but, um, but, but Mayock also believes in building through the draft. I mean, before he took the general manager position, he was the draft analyst for NFL Network. And, and the, the stockpiling of draft picks, those first-round picks with the trade of Khalil Mack, did set them up. And I like what he did with, with the picks. And, Blair, you mentioned the draft they had this year. But the majority of that are players from Clemson and Alabama, teams that were in the college national football championship and know how to win. And, and that's the mentality that they're trying to instill there. I, I'm just amazed that they were able to overcome the Antonio Brown debacle. I mean, anyone, if, if you can cast aside that circus and still be competitive, because Brown was supposed to be their big play guy. And they lost him before the season even started, but they somehow rallied. And okay. that, to me, that's impressive. How about uh, how about a thought on Derek Carr as the quarterback? I thought I watched his post game after the Jets, um, and I thought it was pretty revealing and honest. And he talked about um, the you know the, the young team that he's the teammates that he has, uh, but he also said, "Look, he's been you know I've been around long enough that you know I, I need to start winning and need to get into playoff. You know we need to get in playoff mode. He's got you know three young kids and he wants to do this now and." Not wait till he's you know in year fourteen or fifteen to start being a playoff team. What do we think of Derek Carr as the Raiders quarterback? Is 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 he can can the Raiders get to where they want to go with Derek Carr? Just inconsistent. I mean that that's the the thing that stands out the most. I mean when the year he got hurt when they, he actually did lead the Raiders to the four. playoffs. Yeah. He was fantastic, and ever since then he hasn't really been the same quarterback. Now he still has the tendency to to get rid of the ball quickly which is going to neutralize some of the things that the Chiefs have been doing, what we've seen the past month or so, as far as putting pressure on the quarterback. But to me, he's, he's, he's too inconsistent with his accuracy, and I don't know that he's got the, 
the the arm to really go over the top. And, the res- and without Antonio Brown, the, the Raiders don't really have the receivers yeah. to, to go over the top a lot That's against right. the Chiefs yeah. either. And they got rid of Amari Cooper as well yeah. last year. I forgot to mention him. The one thing that jumps out to me about Derek Carr, he's not John Gruden's guy. Remember this past offseason leading up to the draft, the Raiders were linked to Kyler Murray a lot. And that that... I think with Carr, he's going to be looking over his shoulder for quite some time until Gruden just comes out and says, you are emphatically our guy going forward. But that's that's the reason why I'm not really sold on him as the Raiders quarterback of the future because Gruden wasn't there when they drafted him. And Gruden likes to consider himself a quarterback guru. Wouldn't you want to have your own guy that you can groom? Kind of like the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder if uh, I wonder if uh, Carr was ever in the film room with Gruden. Uh, would, would, yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I we know Patrick Mahomes was. Yeah, we, we do. Um, well, and while we're on the trends of uh, of the Chiefs, uh, we should have a a special graphic for Andy Reid off a of bye. Yeah. We got to talk about that because it is remarkable. I know it's a it's a um, you know worn out story, but it's it, this is the only time of the, we can talk about it, right? Because mm-hmm. they're coming off the bye. Uh, 17 and three in his career, and four and two as the Chiefs. Now, look, I remember the the, the loss to the New York Giants a couple years ago, oh, which was one of the worst. One of the worst games he's had in his tenure. Absolutely, yeah. 12 to nine in overtime. Travis yeah. Kelsey throws an interception. To a bad team. To a terrible. It was six and three Chiefs against the one and eight Giants, and they lost that, which sort of burst the balloon a little bit about Andy <laughs> Reid off, off a bye. But. Andy Reid off a of bye, it's still a great record. Anybody would take it. Why is this? Why is he so successful? Well, there's one other. Well, I guess before we, we we have Taylor and Herbie get into that, there's one other stat though that's at play this week that makes it different. Um, so there's five international games this year in the NFL. Four of them are in London, and then obviously the Chiefs played in Mexico City a couple weeks ago. The other four have already been played, and those eight teams all got a bye, just like the Chiefs and Chargers did coming out of the international game. None of those eight teams won their next game. Whoa. And the average margin of defeat is like 25 points. I mean, they're getting killed. They're 0-8 and just getting blasted in all of these games. So the Chiefs and Chargers, I recognize they didn't go across all those time zones to get to London, but they had to encounter some travel that is different than the typical NFL road city. When you look at the length of it, they also played Monday night. These London games are Sunday morning. They're playing Monday night. They didn't get home till after the sun's up on, on Tuesday. I have a team meeting. Andy Reid lets the players go their separate ways for six days. But that's that's an obstacle that's coming up this week that that 17-3 and three he hasn't faced in, in those other 20, I don't think. So trends knocking heads yeah. this week, huh? Um, I'd heard that this, uh, this bye week success dates back to when Andy Reid was an assistant at Green Bay on, under Holgram. And... Um, uh, after a after a loss with the Packers coming up with a bye week that he Holgram gave just basically told everybody to get get out of the complex don't want to see you for a few days um, and and after they came back for injuries they they were gone the rest of the week and that made an impression on Andy Reid um, Herbie you cover the team on a daily basis is that what happened to the Chiefs last week did they just get out of the complex yeah absolutely and what, what he typically does is like they'll, they'll come back and they'll spend some time if they need. Uh, spend time with Rick Burkhold, the athletic trainer. But then he absolutely tells him, get get out of here. You guys know where I came in. Sam, it's been a while since I've mentioned the Saints, but I have, to, I have to go back to this because Saints head coach Sean Payton called Andy Reid. Payton used to be bad at coming off of a bye. And, and so he looked around the league and he was like, why is Reid so successful? So Sean Payton actually called Andy Reid 
and said, what do I have to do? And Reed shared with him his philosophy of letting players go on the break, get rested and come back and you're ready to start playing football again. Peyton has done that over the last four or five years. The Saints are now also phenomenal coming off of a bye. So it's a formula that works. You know, if, if you keep your players in on the bye weekend, you're making them attend meetings, et cetera, et cetera, when they should be off, that's gonna affect them. But if you give them the opportunity to cut loose and get rested and go spend quality time with your family, you're re-energized. So some teams do it. Makes sense to me, makes sense. Okay, um, a couple of little uh, items Let's let's uh, before we uh, uh, kind of get to the next segment. How about an injury update, Herbie? We, we talked to Andy Reid yesterday. What's, uh, what's the latest on Tyreek Hill? And, and Brian LeBurge wants to know about uh, uh, Damian Williams too uh, uh, and LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, as far as Damian Williams is concerned, we know he suffered. It was a suffered, rib, I think, right? Yeah, it was yeah. a rib injury, and he left uh, Week 11's game against the Chargers. Andy Reid did not give us an update on him, but he did mention with LaShawn McCoy, who left that game with a head injury, he was not in concussion protocol, and what that means is McCoy should be good to go this week. The big one, obviously, is Tyreek Hill. He suffered the hamstring injury after just seven offensive snaps against the Chargers. Right hamstring injury. He went into the locker room, and he came back out. Andy Reid told us yesterday he's optimistic that he should be all right for this week against the Raiders. And I think the biggest thing, the way I phrased that question to Reid when I asked it was, the fact that he stood on the sidelines for the rest of the game and didn't stay in the locker room is, is probably the best sign that this is minor. Okay, uh, good to know. And let's, um, uh, let's, let's take a moment here and, uh, and, and we'll, uh, as we do every week, we begin a segment called Where the Rubber Meets the Road as our producer Beth gets that graphic going, mm -hmm. um, Where the Rubber Meets the Road. This is where we identify a Chiefs player or players or uh, that needs to play well or we expect to play well in, uh, you know, in the upcoming game this week against the Raiders. 325 kickoff, by the way, in, in, at Arrowhead Stadium. Herbie, we'll start with you. Um, what? Uh, who do you? Who do you? Who needs to come up big for the Chiefs this week? I'm going to say Reggie Ragland. Okay, we, we we mentioned Josh Jacobs. We know the Raiders like to run the football. Jacobs had 99 yards rushing in that Week Two matchup. We know the Chiefs' weakness. Whether they finally fix it during the bye remains to be seen. But it's against the run. The Raiders are going to look to run the football with Josh Jacobs. Ragland is a run-stuffing linebacker. He'll play more than 17 snaps than he did this past week, or excuse me, two weeks ago against the Chargers. Raglan is my guy. All right, Sam McDowell, who you got? Um, I'm going to go with Sammy Watkins, and it's been a while since I think we've talked about him becoming a big factor in a game, but if Tyreek is not 100%, even if he is going to play, um, I think Watkins needs to have a, a bigger day, and the Raiders' pass defense is horrendous. I think they're fifth or sixth worst in the NFL. The, the Chiefs got them, like you mentioned, uh, even if it was just in one quarter in Oakland that they, they ra rallied up a, a chunk of those yardage. Um, but I, I think the receivers are going to have a big day, and I, I think Watkins is going to have a, a better day than what we've seen for the past month out of him. Taylor, uh, you have uh, fantasy football. <laughs> I have LaShawn McCoy. <laughs> too many fumbles. Too many fumbles. It is too many fumbles. Minus two points. Minus two points, killer. I also drafted Darwin Thompson. What happened to him? <laughs> <laughs> Um, what a waste of a pick. Yeah, yeah, he ha has been. We, we, I, we all agree, those of us that were at training camp this year, that he was the, 
He was the MVP of training camp. I was camp. relying on you guys. <laughs> and it's, it's resulted in nothing. It, it hasn't. Um, but yeah, my pick, if, like Kirby says, if they're going to stop the run, that's going to set them up in passing downs. I have an inside tip. Honey Badger, he's going to get a pick six this week. <laughs> <laughs> that one was for you, Vahe. Uh, we miss you and Sam Mellinger this week. God, if he does it this week, that would be unbelievable. <laughs> would be great. Um, I want, um, uh, I think one of the things the Raiders do well and why Derek Carr's completion percentage is as high as it is, is they, he gets rid of the ball quickly. I think the Chiefs' corners are going to have to play some press coverage. And yeah, so Traverius sure. Tra- Tra- Ward will be my guy to, uh, to – they're going to need him to step up and, and play physical this week. So Pick six, do you think? I'm not going pick six. Okay. Um, boy, I tell you what, Vahe almost had it done. Next <laughs> he did. He was pretty excited. He did. We, we were all excited. We almost all broke our cheering in the press box rule when he was seven <laughs> yards away from bringing That's that right. back. Right. So what, we're at week – this is week 13? Week 13. And Vahe picked it 11, in 11 weeks, I think, for, projected the Tyrant. <laughs> Taylor's Ed. doing it for him. This, this is the week. Yeah, this is <laughs> this the is week. This is absolutely the week. Um, all right, so we're going to come back later. we got a couple more where the rubber meets the road questions. But I thought that while we have Taylor here, we could take advantage of uh, Taylor's knowledge of Wichita and the Shockers, the Wichita State Shockers, who start a uh, their holiday basketball tournament today. Is it 6 o'clock tip or so? 5 p.m. 5 p.m. tip. In Cancun, they are playing the Frank Martin South Carolina Gamecocks. Wichita State off to a 5-0 and start. I don't know if they've played. Have they played an RPI top 100 team yet? No. No, I mean, they've played five kind of outmatched opponents, like all at Coke Arena. So they haven't really been tested. They've had a few games where they've, they've struggled and had to kind of uh, pull away late, but they, they really haven't been tested. South Carolina is going to be – you know, the biggest team, the best team, the most athletic team they've faced. So, yeah, we're going to find out a lot about, you know, the Shockers tonight to see how they, they fare. And then uh, even tomorrow, you know, either Northern Iowa or West Virginia. So um, it would be kind of cool to see, you know, uh, WSU, uh, defensive first team under Greg Marshall, play a defensive first team, yeah. Frank Martin, and then maybe, you know, Huggy Bear on, on uh, Wednesday. Right. So that would be two great uh, defensive performances, I think. And one thing that I learned or recalled from reading from a story of yours recently was Shockers had a difficult time finishing games last year, kind of closing out games. They lost leads late. Um, This strikes me as a good opportunity for them to to get rid of that habit of theirs. Yeah, yeah, they're so young. Uh, Last year they were playing basically five, six freshmen, so... Um, almost everyone last year was a first-year player. So um, even this year, you know, you look at the Ken Palm experience, and they're still a bottom 20 team. So they're still super young, super inexperienced. But, you know, they, they do have at least some guys that have played college basketball this season. So um, they, they showed in that five-game stra- uh, stretch, they had two of the opponents kind of push them late. Um, so, I mean, they can kind of point to that as we're, we're getting better at handling adversity. But... You know, then Greg Marshall, I mean, he, he makes a fair point. He's like, well, we're playing, you know, overmatched teams at Coke Arena. So that's about as good as it gets uh, for, as far as conditions go. So how are they going to fare when it's a neutral court? They're going to have to generate their own excitement. They can't rely on the, right. the Coke Arena crowd. How are they going to handle adversity when they, they face it against South Carolina? Because this is a really, really good defensive team. Uh, really good offensive rebounding team, too. So they're hard to keep off the glass, and they get after it on the defensive end. So um, there's for sure going to be some adversity today. So, yeah, we're going to find out how uh, the Shockers, you know, all the, they have four freshmen in the rotation. Yeah. 
they've never played outside of Coke Arena before. This is their first road trip, so we'll, we'll find out a lot about how they, they handle that. Thanksgiving week, also a week for college basketball tournaments for, for everybody, and all of the teams that we cover at the Star and the Eagle are playing. Missouri is uh, will we'll face Oklahoma at Sprint Center tonight in the third-place game of the Hall of Fame Classic. Kansas is in Maui, taking on BYU, which, which beat UCLA in the Maui Invitational. Kansas State lost a game to Pitt yesterday, in which Pitt went one of 16 on three-pointers and will play uh, Bradley, I think, in the, in the third-place game in Fort Myers, Fort Myers, Florida. Holiday week, Thanksgiving holiday week, is also something that's kind of near and dear to us. It's high school football state championship week in Kansas. It's semifinal week in Missouri. We've all covered state championship games. I love them in, uh, yeah. in high school football. I want to read you the list. This is, uh, these, this is who's playing this week in Kansas. It's 6A, it's Derby, uh, Olathe North in, f- in 5A. Wichita Northwest, which is a jogger, scored 80 last week? Yeah. 80 points. Uh, they're, they're taking on Mill Valley. Um, Andover Central against Bishop Miege in 4A. Miege, 4A, man. Those guys, they're rolling. Andale uh, is in the 3A championship game, taking on uh, Perry LeCompton. Norton and Nemaha Central, I hope I pronounced that right, uh, in 2A. Smith Center against Centralia in 1A. Eight-man Division One. get that in Kansas. Um, uh, Canton Galva, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, against St. Francis and Osborne against Axtell in eight-man Division Two On the Missouri side, Staley in Class 5, taking on Jackson. These games are Saturday, semifinals, I think. Semifinals, yes. Saturday semifinals in right. Missouri. Platte County uh, is playing in, in the 4A semifinal in Odessa in the in the three uh, Class 3 semifinals. So I love the, the high school state championship week. That's what, to me, Thanksgiving is all about. Sam, you've covered a whole lot of state championships. Yeah, week, Missouri, I'm sure, has a little bit of different flavor. Um, I sort of exited that whenever they exited uh, whatever it was last, Edward Jones Dome in, in St. Louis, right. and they used to just play them back to back to back to back for two days. Now I think they play them at a couple different sites, Missouri State and, uh, and Mizzou. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, the motion that kids have, it's so genuine. Um, you know, they're not getting paid to, to do this. <laughs> they're doing it literally for the love of the game, most of them. So, and a lot of them, it's their last, it's their last football game. No matter what they do, and it's, it's win or lose, it's the last time they're going to put on a uniform. So there's just a lot of emotions that go into state championship week that's pretty cool to witness. It is. I, I absolutely love it. Um, Taylor, if, if there was a Wichita ranking for high schools uh, in, in, uh, you know, in, just in the metro area, who'd be number one? Uh, be Derby. Uh, they are a machine right now. Uh, they're kind of reminiscent of the, the Randy Dryling era of Hutchinson. Uh, they just have it going right now in, in 6A and you know they face probably the, the second and third, maybe second and fourth best teams the last two weeks and you know they've, they've gotten up 42-0 and I think it was like uh, 49-14 against uh, Topeka. So um, they're just unreal right now. You know, usually there's a, a pretty good team from the, the Sunflower or the Eastern Kansas League uh, waiting for them in the, the 6A championship game. And I, I'm sure Olathe North is, is solid, but I don't think anyone is getting close to Derby this year. I think they're going to win by at least 21 points. They, that's, what they, that's just what they do. They have the, the machine going. I don't think anyone in Wichita could hang. I don't think anyone in Kansas could hang with, uh, with Derby this year. They just, uh, they're too much talent on offense, and the defense is playing lights out right now. So. Yeah. Um, but Northwest, I think uh, that could be an interesting game. Everyone kind of figured, uh, had penciled in Aquinas for that, that title game. So now that they're out, 
you know, who, who knows, you know, Northwest, I mean, it's going to, if they're going to win, it's going to be 50, 60 points. So you could see, see a, a shootout there because they're going to give up 50 or 60 points too. So the threes. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. One, one other uh, Wichita topic that I wanted to ask you about is, I, I know this was pretty controversial when the news broke uh, a few weeks ago, but is, uh, is everybody past uh, being mad at the wind surge? The uh, name of the new Class AAA team? I think it's calmed down some, but no, it's still not very popular. But I think... I think uh, after time, people will forget about it, and they'll start going to the games, and they'll just call them the surge, and uh, people people will be happy with the, the new the new stadium. But yeah, I think it was just because the, the team hyped it up so much, the the rollout of the name and the brand, and I actually really like the color scheme. They could do some pretty cool uh, uniforms and and sell some merchandise. Um, but yeah, the name uh, was not very popular. I would say about 80-20. Uh, it seemed to be, yeah, it seemed to be like the, the, about the consensus against it, yeah. They're the Miami Marlins AAA team, <laughs> and what was the name of the previous team, the team that... Bingo. The Baby Case. <laughs> yes. The baby okay, case. the wind surge is an upgrade from the Baby Case. They were in New Orleans. Right. I don't know. Baby cakes is a pretty. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're never no, gonna hear that. Baby cakes. They had that. They had that baby on their surge. on their logo, right? Yeah, it was yeah. the most hideous looking mascot That's you'll true. ever see. <laughs> um, all right, we are gonna return uh, to our rubber meets the road for a couple more questions. We don't need the graphic up for this, but uh, just in fairness, uh, the. Um, Herbie and Sam have, have been prepped a little bit for this. Didn't want to take them completely off guard. And, um, and I, we mentioned it to Taylor when he got in here. So, um, fellas, it is Thanksgiving week. It's a holiday that uh, uh, universally loved. I love it for sure. It's, a, it's just a great week. And I don't, my wife, uh, who doesn't cook often, takes over the kitchen for like two days on Thanksgiving week and just wears herself out in the kitchen and I uh, and I help by not being in the kitchen um, so what I want to know from from each of you guys is most overrated food Thanksgiving food um, just pick one item that's uh, that we think is uh, you know just gets a little too much run here at the holidays Herbie as always we start with you what about candy no I'm not candy. I'm not going candy, <laughs> going corn, candy that's corn. not overrated that's fantastic stuffing I don't get stuffing. I can eat turkey without the stuffing. I'm like, no, don't put stuffing in there. So to me, I, I can do without stuffing. Not even, not even like sauce, stuffing no, and sausage. No, no, or... no, no, no. Just give me the turkey and the gravy, and I'm happy. Wow, that's a that's a minimalist. Uh, exactly. <laughs> turkey and gravy, you're good. <laughs> we are going to get into my thoughts on Thanksgiving and cooking, though, right? <laughs> yes, I think this is a good time. This is, I think you you and I kind of share this. <laughs> To Blair's point, okay, here's, here's my whole process on cooking, and for those watching, you can say, that's why you're single. No, <laughs> why you want to spend eight to ten hours in the kitchen, cooking, etc., to consume a meal in 20 minutes, and then spend two to three hours cleaning. It makes zero sense to me. If you want a good Thanksgiving dinner, go to Boston Market, get those pre-cooked <laughs> pre Thanksgiving meals, and you're good. Are you getting paid for this? I'm not getting paid for it, but that's what I do. Is this SpawnCon right now? <laughs> all right, Sam, in the, in this, uh, see I'm, if you can follow that. Yeah, first of all, I'm glad that Herbie said he's single, because all of our viewers are like, I knew it. <laughs> um, this is I'm probably not going to, to this is not going to be popular, but I think Thanksgiving meal is the most overrated meal as a whole, <laughs> and it starts at the top. I, I do not like turkey. 
Oh my goodness, <laughs> we've eliminated it's, stuffing it is and the turkey. Worst, it's the worst of the meats. Worst of the meats. <laughs> so turkey is overrated. My, my plate does not have a lot on it in Thanksgiving. In fact, in my family, my mom has gotten to where she doesn't, this, this last weekend we had turkey for the first time in a long time because we had gotten to where we were doing kind of rotating it, pizza, Italian, different things. And it was mostly because it was probably less stressful for her not to hear me complain about having to eat, eat turkey. Taylor, please save <laughs> this group. Save Thanksgiving. Save this oh, thing. Yes, That's Taylor, thanks, save Thanksgiving for us, please. I'm going to go with cranberry sauce. I don't have a lot of use for it. Very reasonable answer. There, there you go. Cranberry sauce, I'll, I'll, great answer. And I'll, um, I'll offend people by uh, adding pumpkin pie to that list. I, wow. Listen, if it's only good enough to make once a year, then it's not good <laughs> enough to make. So pumpkin pie off my table. I will say if you've got pumpkin and pecan, you should go with pecan. Yeah. But I, don't, yeah. I don't mind pumpkin, though. No, I, absolutely. I'm, I'm with you on that. All right, so we also want to know, um, in honor of our, uh, of our road trip here to lovely Wichita, um, what... Do you think of in terms of pop culture, um, and this could be anything. It could be a song, a movie, uh, a famous person from here. When you think of Wichita, and I think the three of us will go first, and then we'll get Taylor's expertise on this. So um, Wichita in pop culture, Herbie, what do you got? I have two, actually. Wichita from Zombieland, Emma Stone's character. <laughs> there you go. She, she took her name from Wichita, and then also... In the spirit of Thanksgiving, planes, trains, and automobiles. Yes, the thing. late, great John Candy says, uh, or, or excuse me, Steve Martin's character says, you're telling me we're going to be stuck in Wichita, and then John Candy's character says, you are in Wichita. <laughs> so, yeah, those are my two pop culture references. Okay, good ones. All right, Sam. Yeah, those are good ones. Um, I mean, the Seven Nation Army song, which I'm yeah. sure White Taylor and anyone else who lives here is probably tired of hearing that reference. And then Sarah told us that... Pizza Hut started here in Wichita. She had to tell you that? You didn't know that? I actually, I thought um, that there was a pizza chain that started here, but I wasn't sure which one it was. White Castle started here, too. There That's we go. She and White said. Castle. I, I had the no idea. matter expert here. Yeah. That's right. I'm going, I, you know, I'll, because I'm the by far senior member of this crew, uh, Wichita is the birthplace of Hattie McDaniel from Gone with the yeah. Wind, the, the maid, and uh, Wichita lineman, of course, the you know, the, the great old song that Glenn, I think Glenn Campbell made popular. All right, so we haven't mentioned athletes, and there's certainly some great, great athletes from Wichita. Yeah. So, Taylor, take us through. What did we, what, Taylor from Goddard High in Wichita State, um, Wichita through and through, what have we missed? What should people know about your town? That's, uh, I mean, you guys have a, a good list started. Uh, Barry Sanders, uh, as far as yep. athletes, Lynette Woodard, uh, Jim Ryan, um, as far as running goes. There's actually been a lot of really, really cool athletes uh, to come through here. And Bob Lutz, a former Wichita Eagle columnist, he's actually organizing an event, uh, 150 for 150 for next summer. And he's going to try to get together 150 of the best high school athletes yeah. to come through Wichita. And it's going to be a super cool event. I think it's August uh, at Coke Arena. So that would be really cool. He's trying to get uh, Barry Sanders to come back. He says nice. he's, he's got Lynette Woodard and Jim Ryan are How both cool. uh, supposed to be coming back. So. Yeah, there are a lot of really cool athletes uh, to come from Wichita. Um, Kirstie Alley, 
Yeah, That's actress. another one. She's at a Shocker basketball games every now and then. Great athlete. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, Sam said, the Seven Nation Army song. They've they've kind of leaned into that. They I think uh, it's not. They don't think it's annoying. They they play that all the time at WSU games. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, so some opposing teams actually play it on the road, too. I don't think they, they put it together that uh, the Wichita lyric is in the song. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they started playing that to, uh, before uh, before basketball games this year. So they, they've kind of leaned that's into that. That's pretty cool. I, I bet that's a good scene when they and do then, that. Um, um, yeah, then there's a couple of pop culture references, too, like Herbie. Uh, Herbie said that planes, trains, and automobiles, that's a classic. Um, I, that was like one of my my dad's favorite movies. We watched it all the time growing up. So that's uh, that's one of the the best of uh, John Candy for sure. As journalists, we should also appreciate also there's a there's a, a Wichita reference in all the president's men. There is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That, that's a line yeah. straight out of Wichita. You did some googling before this. I did <laughs> not. <laughs> I watched all the president's men a lot. Uh, well, I couldn't let candy corn happen again. We just <laughs> yeah, we just could not have a response like that. That that was devastating to uh, told to everybody. To everybody. everybody yeah, it really yeah, was. Uh, it really was. I was also going to add that even though he did not grow up here, Gail Sayers was born in Wichita. Mm. Oh, so was he? Okay. Barry Sanders and Gail Sayers. Yeah, wow. From the hell of a backfield. It's a good one-two punch. Being yeah. born in, in Wichita. So, um, listen, great town. Love coming here. We've come here for regionals, come here for Shockers games. Um, my daughter ran in the state track meet at Cessna Stadium for three straight years. You talk about a great event. The Kansas State High School yeah. track meet. Yeah. That's the biggest one in the, the whole country. In, in the 30,000-seat football stadium, and it's, it's just a, it's a fantastic couple of days here. A lot of state championships are played here. I remember they were playing state baseball at the same time yeah. uh, on, on, on the Wichita State campus. So, uh, look, we, we had a great time today. Taylor, it's great to see you. Glad you were able to come over here and join yeah. us. Um, Herbie and, uh, and Sam for making the drive down, along with Sarah and our producer, Beth, We've been uh, bringing you Chiefs Talk on Red Zone Extra, Facebook Live, from the Big O Tires in Wichita, Kansas, and we will talk to you from a Big O Tires in the Kansas City area next week. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit kansascity.com slash sportsbeatkcoffer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening.